Welcome to the Living Parables Podcast, where we grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ through the sanctifying work of God's Holy Word. I'm Nate, your host. To all listeners tuning in the show, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I appreciate all of you. And now let us begin. Well, I'd like to welcome you back to a brand new week, brand new episode. I pray that it is treating you well so far. Today marks the third episode in the series, Have You Considered My Servant? And in this new series, which God willing will be the longest series we've had, it is called The Suffering of the Children of God. That is essentially what we are discussing. And I don't think several weeks will even cut it. But a couple things to take in account here, especially from last week. Let's go ahead and recap that here. So we were talking about three different points that we had to understand about about the suffering of the children of God. Number one, we need to recognize who we are to God, and we are his beloved. So as sons and daughters... And if you have children of your own, you'll understand more. But your children need discipline. Now, a lot of people take that discipline as an angry father coming home from work. Children are being crazy, bad grades, something bad at school. And he has to take the children one by one upstairs, give them a spanking, and then that's going to fix everything. That's not essentially what we're talking about. What we need to understand here is that rod of correction, it it may end up being something to that extent, but if it's just a physical punishment, not followed up by ways to avoid it, the reasons why behind it, then it doesn't really serve a lot of purposes. And you hear that with the older generations where they were, you know, spanked for, I mean, looking left or looking right. So I'm just saying here, that's not love. Okay. There is something to say about discipline, though. So you can go either far left or far right with it. But my point to you today is if we are not guiding our kids in a biblical direction and showing them the whys. And if we are not thoroughly examining ourselves first, then we do our kids a disservice. But if we do those things in light of intense self-examination, if we do these things with love, Because scripture says very clearly, let all that you do be done in love. And that can be found in 1 Corinthians 16, 14. That's parenting. That's treating your wife, treating your husband, your job, 
dealing with enemies, people that hate you, all of those things. So understand that point number one last week was that we must understand that we are the beloved of God. We're children of God. And at times, we need to be corrected on things. So discipline is not to be looked at as a bad thing. It's a good thing because God loves you and wants to conform you into the image of his son, Jesus Christ. Number two, it's actually God's will for us to suffer. Now, once again, we're not to suffer for the sake of our sins. We're supposed to suffer for the sake of righteousness. And lastly, number three, it's not a matter if, it's a matter of when. We emphasized this point last week, 2 Timothy 3.12. Indeed, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. So it's not, you might be. It's you will. So we say that to segue into these next few weeks, God willing, about biblical examples of suffering. Now, the most well-known is Job. And as we go through Job, I'm not going to go through the entire chapter But what I am going to do is I'm going to go through just a brief, quick little synopsis, if you will, of Job in light of helping you understand what Job went through and what were his responses to those things. Job was a man who was held in great respect, great respect. says in scripture that he was blameless, upright, fearing God, and turning away from evil. Verse 1. He was a rich man with seven sons and three daughters. He was a good man, good father, and a widely known man. Now, Job wasn't without sin, but from the first verse, we can see that he puts his trust in God for redemption, and faithfully lives a God-fearing life. And he also has integrity with full sincerity. Now, another aspect of Job here, he owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 oxen, and 500 donkeys. So, he was pretty wealthy. He was pretty wealthy. And this is where the story takes a turn. Verse 7, the Lord said to Satan, from where do you come? And Satan answered the Lord and said, from roaming about on the earth and walking around on it. The Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? Now we talked about this week one, episode one of this series. Have you considered my servant? Insert your name there. Have you considered my servant Nate? So what I like us to do while we're on the on these journeys of looking at these biblical characters and I hate to use the word characters because it makes them feel like they're they're fictional but I want you to to put yourself in the story 
And I want you to understand that when God says, have you considered my servant, again, your name, that's a really high honor. God is talking to Satan here, and here's what happens. Satan responded to him from roaming about on the earth and walking around on it. That's why he's called a, a roaring lion, a prowling lion. He looks around, and he's seeking people to devour. So understand that Satan is not the three O's. He's not omnipresent. He's not omniscient and omnipotent. He's not all-powerful, all-knowing, and all places at all times. He is fast, but he is not those things. So, a couple things to take into consideration here. The things that we go through, instead of saying, oh, woe is me, and getting depressed and angry and bitter, we should probably end up saying, Lord, thank you for counting me worthy to be going through this. Please give me the grace to endure this, to get through this, so that I may not sin against you and that you may be glorified through this. When was the last time we prayed that prayer? And it's hard, I'm going to say this right now, it's hard to do, especially if you're a young believer. I'm not talking about young as in like your teenager. I'm talking about new to the faith because you're not zapped with that kind of resolve. You're not zapped with that kind of faith. It's something that we must work and develop. And it takes time. It takes walking with the Lord. And walking is exactly that. It's walking with the Lord. It's not a race. It's not a sprint. You're, you're literally walking a marathon. And some days you're taking a big step. Other days you're, you're, you're just taking a baby step. But you're always moving forward with the Lord. So Satan is having this conversation with Job. So God is having this conversation with Satan. And Satan answers God when he's talking about, have you considered my servant Job? Here's what Satan says in verse 9. Does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a fence around him and his house and all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands and his possessions have increased in the land. But reach out with your hand now and touch all that he has. He will certainly curse you to your face. Then the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power. Only do not reach out and put your hand on him. So Satan departed from the presence of the Lord. So what's about ready to happen here is every parent's worst nightmare. And I'm going to, I broke this down, verses 14 through 19, so I'm not going to read these all the way. I, I I broke them down. You can you can follow along and you, or you can look at it another time. But this is what was taken away from Job. His oxen and donkeys were killed by the Sabians, and, and they actually took some of them. The sheep and some servants 
were consumed by fire from heaven. Camels and servants were raided by the Chaldeans, and they took the camels and slew the servants. A great wind, possibly a tornado, struck the house that his sons and daughters were in. They were in the oldest house. Struck the house and it fell on them, killing them all. So in one single day, probably within a couple hours, he lost his wealth. He lost his possessions. And it hurts me to say it. He lost all of his children in one single day. Now, the next time you say you have a bad day because you got a flat tire and it ruins your whole entire day, we need to take this story into account. Now, our response, if that were to happen, today, people would be blaspheming God. They'd be cursing God. There have been people all throughout history, but most notably because of social media presence, there, there have been actors and actresses who have been, who said, I prayed to God when my family members were sick. He didn't answer. Therefore, he doesn't exist. He let them die. They curse God's name. They curse him in the media. They mock him in their movies and their TV shows. But what about Job? What about Job? How did he respond? I'm going to read verses 20 through 22, chapter 1. He says, he fell to the ground and worshipped. He said, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And through all this, Job did not sin, nor did he blame God. Um, hello? Is that you? Is that me? Because, because if this were to happen, people would say, why are you doing this to me, God? Why do you hate me? There is no God. How could you do this? The reason why the story, this true story, by the way, it's not made up. It's not allegory. The reason why the story is in here is to show you how to respond. Now, poor Job had to go through all these things, but this is the biblical model of suffering. He didn't sin. Now, he had sin for sure, but... He didn't sin. He's not suffering because of sin's sake. Satan's like, okay, you know what? He'll he'll fall. He'll curse you. He'll curse you. If you take all of his stuff away. So once again, his family, his possessions, and his wealth were all gone in a single day. That'd be like us losing our whole entire family, except his wife remained. We're going to talk about her in a little bit. But his children are gone. And equivalent to us, 
our house is gone and our bank account is wiped out all in a single day. Yet Job fell to the ground and he worshipped. That was his response. He understood that the Lord gives and he takes away. That's where it comes from. And he said, blessed be the name of the Lord. And through all this, he didn't sin, nor did he blame God. That needs to be you and that needs to be me. In our suffering, we need to praise God. Because we have scripture to tell us. In James chapter 1, verse 2, this is the second verse in the book of James. It says, Consider all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. Uh, what? Yeah. Why? Because knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. So when we have endurance, listen to the next verse. And let endurance have its perfect results so that you may be perfect, complete, lacking in nothing. Job had perseverance. Why? It wasn't because who he was. It's because who he had faith in. That's the difference. So the next chapter of the book of Job, chapter 2. Satan came back. He came back again. And this is where things take a more sinister turn as far as Satan is concerned. So verse 2, the Lord said to Satan, where have you come from? And his response is the exact same, from roaming about on the earth and walking around on it. And he said it, and God said it again, have you considered my servant Job? And that consider there could also be the little translation is set your heart to. Have you set your heart to my servant Job? You know, I believe sometimes that God brags on his children. He has, he has a lot of faith in us. And we need to take that with a badge of honor. Have you considered my servant Job? That's twice now. There's no one like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, fearing God and turning away from evil. And he still holds firm to his integrity, although you incited me against him and ruined him without cause. Now here's Satan's response. Here we go. Skin for skin. Yes, all that a man has he will give for his life. However, reach out with your hand now and touch his bone and his flesh, and he will curse you to your face. So the Lord said to Satan, Behold, he is in your power. Only spare his life. I'm going to go with you now to everything that he went through. I'm not going to tell you chapter and verse because it would be here too long. These are all the things that happened to Job. Painful boils, hallucinations, severe itching and irritation. Decaying skin, great grief. He was shriveled up. He lost his appetite. 
severe halitosis, agonizing discomfort, restless pain, unrecognizable in his appearance, terrible insomnia, his skin turned black and burning fever, worm and dust infested flesh, severe weight loss, continual oozing of boils. Now, as I read that list, it's easy to read that, but I want you to go back and listen to that part again because you read it with such, well, these are the facts. And understand that when we have a hangnail, some people would even curse God. Thanks for nothing, God. I mean, are you kidding me? Job is literally the poster child for suffering. And then when we go through minor things, we freak and, and, and cry out to God. And, and, we, and when he doesn't answer us right away, we start freaking out and saying, ah, oh, he doesn't exist. And, and we live a life that's contrary to that. And we, we doubt And that's such a slap in God's face. And here's the other thing. Job's wife wasn't spared. In chapter 2, verse 9, then his wife said to him, Do you still hold firm to your integrity? Curse God and die. Curse God and die with all these things that he had. When, when Job had those boils, he took a piece of pottery and scraped himself while he was sitting in the ashes. Listen to verse 10. But he said this to her, You are speaking as one of a foolish woman who speaks. Shall we actually accept good from God, but not accept adversity? Despite all these things that happened to him, Job did not sin with his lips. I'm going to tell you right now, that is the proper biblical response. That's his response. This is the anti-prosperity gospel. His health, wealth, and prosperity were all gone. Yet through it all, he entrusted himself to God. I'm going to revisit 1 Peter 4.19. It says, therefore... Those also who suffer according to the will of God shall entrust their souls to a faithful creator in doing what is right. Job entrusted his soul to God. And as a result of an unknown amount of time that he suffered, he does become restored again. But but before we go to the restoration... I want to take you to a very powerful chapter. I'm going to encourage you to read all of it. But Job started questioning God with various questions, basically wanting to know why he was going through what he was going through. And a lot of us do that. Well, when I get to heaven, ah, God's got some explaining to do to me. He's got to explain himself for all the stuff I went through. Really? Because this is... God's response to that. Verse 1, Then the Lord answered Job from the whirlwind and said, Who is this 
who darkens the divine plan by words without knowledge. Ouch. Now tighten your belt on your waist like a man. And I shall ask you, and you inform me? Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who sets its measurements, since you know? Or who stretched the measuring line over it? On what were its bases sunk? Or who laid its cornerstone? When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Or who enclosed the sea with doors? When it went out from the womb, bursting forth. When I made a cloud its garment. And thick darkness its swaddling bands. And I placed boundaries on it. I set a bolt and doors. And I said, as far as this point you shall come, but no farther and here your proud way shall stop. Now, I would encourage you to read the rest of this chapter. But God is saying, who are you? Who are you to question me? God is God and we are not. Job had his, had his moments. Don't get me wrong. That's the natural response. But trusting in God is divine. That comes through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, giving us that perseverance and strength and peace that goes beyond all understanding. See, I'm going to tell you right now, Job went through it. He went through it all. But you don't question God. And guess what? Did Job get the answer to why he had to suffer? Why did he have to go through all this? The answer is no. He did not get God to explain himself because God doesn't need to explain to you. He's God. God is God and we are not. It's that simple, but people can't handle it. God doesn't owe you an explanation. Everything he does is good. Everything he does is right. And we must trust that. Now, as we start to conclude, Job chapter 42 comes. After Job had entrusted himself to his faithful creator, it says in verse 10 of chapter 42, the Lord restored the fortunes of Job when he prayed for his friends. And the Lord increased all that Job had twofold. So his health came back, his wealth came back, and more importantly than all that, his, he had more children. So what does that mean for us today? Well, if we trust God through the hard times, it means that we're going to be healthy, wealthy, and prosperous. That's, that's not what it means. That's not what it means. And people get mixed up on that. Our restoration and reward for our suffering may never be found in this life. Yet it will come when we see our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ face to face. All of our suffering will be worth it the very second we get to heaven. All of our suffering will be worth it the very second we get to heaven. Job is in heaven. Because he entrusted himself 
to his faithful creator. And God willing, next week, it may be a one-parter, but it could very easily turn into a two-parter. Because the story of Joseph is so incredibly powerful, it would be really hard to capture it in one sitting. So we'll see how it goes. But God willing, next week, look forward to the, the story, the incredibly powerful story of Joseph. So with that being said, I pray that the Lord and blesses and keeps you and gives you peace. And before we go, understand, everybody, that the Lord honors the struggle. He knows what you're going through. Entrust yourself to him. He will never let you down. He'll never, he'll never have to explain himself. You may never know the why, but trust God that he is good, that everything he does is right. Everything he does is for your own good. And it may be an uncomfortable situation, but it's also everything is for his glory. He sees the end game. We can't see past our nose. Trust him. He knows the way. He'll get you where you need to go. And remember, everything is in Christ, with Christ, and for Christ. Until next time, God bless you all.